This is Critical Nonsense, our high lowbrow show about culture, science, and tech. This week, Joey asks me about success. I taste just like candy. This is what a Joey sounds like. Almost, but not quite, <laughs> singing Foxy Brown, because that's what was in my head. Um, and this is what an executive producer and confectioner, Jess Vander, sounds like. Hi. This is Jess. Are you not a confectioner? No. It's just a funny transition between... <laughs> We're just in a way, we're just, we're just, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> we're just in a place, in a I place. guess. We're just in a place. Uh, you know, fun fact. Um, so, so you might find yourself facing your pantry and you're trying to make a cake and realize that you don't have any powdered sugar. And then you will go to the internet and say, hey, is there anything I can do if I don't have powdered sugar? And they'll say, absolutely, you can put your powdered sugar in a blender and it will powder your sugar or put your sugar in a blender to turn it into powdered sugar. And then you'll try that and you'll think it's going really well. And you're like, wow, this is a, this is a miracle. And then you'll try to make frosting with it and it won't work. Um, and you'll be really mad at the internet for having tricked you into doing this. So the moral of the story is, um, never trust the internet and powdered sugar is a miraculously fine product that is very difficult to recreate in the homestead bean uh, that was a really clear and succinct fun fact <laughs> <laughs> I have two fun facts one a blue whale's heart is the size of a Volkswagen Beetle two that story Volkswagen Beetle last week. What a vintage classic vehicle. Also, can we just pause and do like a preemptive special thanks for the enormity of whales? Because when you really think about how big a whale is, it is it is so incredible. You know, just like most animals you can imagine relative to yourself. Like like pretty like bigger than me or like smaller than me and then there's whales and whales are exponentially more massive than any human it's amazing i i like i said we're in a place <laughs> whales be big um whales be, another moral of the story whales, whales be big. are big yeah i i just want to say not the intention but our special thanks i've realized is just like a little like mental health gratitude moment that we do at the end of the podcast every week and is like really productive for us i think so i agree housekeeping house clean mm-hmm. um okay jess joey i am going to introduce a topic for discussion um okay and i would like to start by reading um a 
I guess, short tweet thread, but I feel like it is worth reading in its entirety because I read it about, I don't know, a a week or so ago, maybe 10 days ago. And I've been thinking a lot about it ever since. And I think in part because we're going through uh, like review season a little later than usual here at the company and, and sort of reflecting on how people are doing and how you can help them do better and how am I doing and how can I do better. So without further ado, uh, this comes from uh, Kajornwang Chung. Her Twitter handle is Sienna first, um, and it is this. It's been a week, and I'm still thinking about what my 14-year-old son, when I asked him how he goes about achieving success. In quotes, doing the bare minimum required for the result needed. The boy is a straight-A, top-of-class scholarship student. Something important is going on here. I also have a straight-A daughter, a serial winner, athlete, and salutatorian, currently writing a full college scholarship with the mindset of doing the best I can and being the best in everything I do. They're achieving similar results, except for my girl constantly struggles mentally. Meanwhile, Ashwin, son, spends half his time as a top-level gamer while achieving top results at school by doing, in quotes, bare minimum, and is generally enjoying a much less stressful life. I'm still thinking about this, but guys, are we being misled here with how we achieve success? Annie's success comes from her competitive drive. Ashwin's is from knowing what needs to be done and doing the bare minimum to tick the marks. He planned out his whole college scholarship strategy with research and is simply ticking the box. His mental stability is much better. I asked him further and he said, it's a lower risk of wasting his lifetime this way because the excess effort, in quotes, falls into the luck area, in quotes, which is unreliable and often unprofitable. I feel like there's something deep and correct going on here, and I have yet to come to a conclusion. But my thought right now is that the difference between being the best for succeeding in getting what you want, it's endgame related, but then maybe he's right. Maybe being the best is just ego and has never been necessary. And so... My question for you is, how should we approach success? It's almost making me think that there is a, there's like this underlying question of whether you think that these philosophies of success are um, something that you choose or something that is like either the way you're wired or like something that was deeply ingrained in you. Um, because, uh, if it were as easy as like a philosophy and needing to just like convince someone, like convincing, uh, the daughter in this situation to, uh, do the bare minimum, that seems highly improbable. <laughs> right? Like no, no amount of like, actually just look at your brother. He's so much happier than you. Like that's not going to fly. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's, it, uh, there's, it sort of like raises so many questions. I think one, like, are these the only two approaches to success? You know, I don't, I don't, 
I'm assuming probably not. Maybe it, it sort of demonstrates two poles in motivation. But I think what the, the author is sort of suggesting with this is that, you know, both of these children are her kids. They're sort of playing with similar genetic toolkits. Obviously, they're distinct individuals and, and whatever. And they're both, you know, doing extremely well, which like, there's also like a subtle like flex through this entire tweet of like, sure. look how good my kids my are. My kids are very <laughs> successful, capital S. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a, she's just like listing their resume for like, they, they just put uh, their mom's tweet in their like uh, cover letter for job applications or something like that. But um, there, is, there is this aspect of like, how do we approach things? And, and um, you know, there, there's also sort of this, this gender dynamic or, or biological sex dynamic that is, is underlying what she's talking. And I don't know whether she's implying that explicitly all women approach things this way and all men approach things the other way, like her son. But she is sort of implying that, like, she sort of has taken the approach that her daughter has taken. Um, and, you know, there's been a bunch of readings and uh, like books and conversations happening of recent about sort of ways in which boys are failing in schools and ways in which, you know, young girls, young women are struggling with mental health issues that, you know, and most of those conversations are pointing to, social media and things like that, but it's still sort of based on that idea of like personal comparison, right? Which is like the idea of needing to be the best is a comparative idea of like, you have to be better than everyone. And whether you're talking about like how you look on Instagram or, or how you, are you the best student? Are you the best, you know, in whatever field you're entering into is sort of an interesting question. And I think, I, I don't know if you agree with this, but I think if if you were to sort of abstract things out, most of us would probably agree that like trying to be the best is a little bit of a, a sort of like treadmill exercise, right? You know, like how will you ever know you are the best and like who are you trying to beat? But I'm I'm curious how you're you know, you think about success. Well, I mean, I think that is the in, inherent in this is also like, what is success? Like the author is implying that her in maybe in some ways, like on paper, other kinds of like achievements look similar between her children, but that her son is more successful because he is, has also he is able to also balance mental wellness. I would, I would say another thing, like to your point about the treadmill of being the best, like what about legacy as part of your, of what measures success or like, uh, like will, will she be remembered more for the things she's achieved because she is, she has quote unquote, like done. She was the best at things like maybe, maybe like maybe that's what success is. Like maybe success is, mental wellness and therefore like who cares what you've achieved right uh maybe success is 
um, you know, the relationship that the parent has with their children. Like, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? There's just like, uh, it, it, it's nothing crazy, but I, I think that, um, maybe this is what takes me back to that point about like how you, you internally might have this compass of what success, what you think success is. And that might lead you to prioritize certain things that other people are like, but you're so unhappy. Like, why do you keep doing that? It's like, well, maybe if, if their interest is to try to be more happy, then they are not succeeding. But if their interest is to achieve other things, then that is a sacrifice. That's like, that's a compromise, actually. It's not a failure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it, it is interesting of like, what, you know, what are you valuing and where and how? And clearly like in this instance, right, the, the son is valuing his, his mental well-being right. and and time right. maybe and effort like he he's he has sort of like a conservational approach to his time and energy right. and it is trying to like conserve what doesn't need to be used yeah uh whereas being the best sort of removes the potential for being like conservational right mm-hmm. where it it adds an outside expectation onto any task yeah. that you're trying to do. Not simply that something is done, but that it was done better than anyone else could possibly do it. Well, right? right. And I mean, uh, you know, I think what you're also touching on is like, it is, it is also not necessarily always in that person, like being stuck with that philosophy might be still a toxic mindset right like it it may be that you don't you don't want that to be your top priority or value but you feel compelled by pressures external to you in so many different forms uh or you know like there there is like definitely the dark side of this i i personally can relate uh because i i would identify (laughs) with this type of definition of success though i think for me it's a little there's the nuance of um, what I'm trying to prove to people, um, which maybe matters less than what I'm trying to prove to myself, which is an impossible, Mm -hmm. that is an impossible, (laughs) uh, thirst to quench (laughs) when for better or worse, here we are. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, you're a tough critic. And when you're trying, when you're trying to prove to yourself that you're good, uh, but it, but it is you know i sort of i i identified more with the son's approach to success or i can see myself closer to that mm-hmm. in how i try to approach things and what what's interesting is right there is you know key moments in my life where i've extremely overexerted in order to to do something because either I didn't feel like it something was good enough yet to tick the box mm-hmm. or because maybe I misjudged what was required of ticking the box and because I have my own sort of personal standards and you know trying to get better like I I push but 
for the most part, I have not sort of created that mental sort of like chase aspect, right? Like that you're sort of, you're chasing a ghost a little bit. Mm. And it, and like, candidly, I told you this before we started, like I could see in you like sort of more of, of the, the daughter's approach, right? And not, not like one-to-one or that you're sort of like on, on some like tough mental state or anything, but I could see that you like, you know, you really push yourself in a certain way as you're approaching success. And, and I, I, I don't even know, you know, I, I don't know what to make of it. Right. And, and maybe it simply does come back to your point about like, what is satisfying? Like what, it, what are you chasing? But I don't know that many people sort of clarify mm-hmm. those things for themselves. Right. I don't know that I ever have, yeah. you know, been like, this is what I value most and this is how I will approach wow. success. I think you get sort of fed into patterns. Yeah. And that's where some of like this, like gender dynamic stuff could be coming in. It could be biological, right? It could be a product of, of sort of people's biological sex as opposed to gender dynamics. It could be a gender dynamic in society that is sort of pushing people into these patterns, mm-hmm. right? Like the could be life the stage pressures of like, yeah. it's time to be doing this now. You're like, okay, <laughs> I guess <laughs> that's it? what oh, I'm doing. Shit. That's a priority, <laughs> I guess. Um, yeah, it's really. I mean, um, for whatever, whatever different reasons why I think those those all seem like good good reasons and it's probably a confluence of those um but it is interesting to see like where you where we land or so like the general consensus about certain things for example like it's cool to succeed without trying to a point but like you also don't want to be not trying because then that's privilege and if you're trying too hard that's desperation so (laughs) you don't want that either there's like you know like there there are certain qualities of attaining different types of success and sort of um that i think are generally understood to be like the best version um right like even in this it is implicit like you know uh sort of on paper achievements if they come at the cost of mental well-being today that is like you know we can be critical about that today um, maybe in a way yeah. that we we wouldn't have been before, uh, but it's just interesting to see the, the sort of like what is the what's the best route to success. There is sort of like underpinning assumptions about that societally. Yeah, I mean it's inter- You know, not that I I have an answer, but it, it is often interesting when you get to these discussions of like biology and sort of like any sexual dimorphism or or you know not even dimorphism right like die thoughtism whatever that that is you sort of go in or i go into like evolutionary mode and and trying to be like well what would like how would a evolutionary biologist think about this question to 
build up some hypothesis to study or something, right? Like, you know, if, if you're saying like in like early human <laughs> interactions, like men were hunting and women were gathering, like persistence hunting was like a big part of being on the savanna and the idea of like needing to be able to assess and conserve energy in persistence hunting is like legitimately important. Like if, if that gazelle is too fast or you did whatever you can't, you don't think you're going to be able to get it like to stop hunting. You see this in animals a lot, right? Where they're like hunting and that they have, they know like the point to cut bait, mm -hmm. so to speak, where it's yeah. like not, not going to get that it. one. Don't, yeah. don't burn your energy. Too late. Yeah. yeah it's like, ah, it's over. <laughs> And, and like on the flip side, right, like historically and thankfully culturally we're shifting the model, but like women were primarily taking care of children and, and child rearing and things like that. And like in those instances, you kind of want the best, right? Like you want to do whatever it takes to like help your option. You know, these are like, it's really like armchair evolutionary biology but well and like trying to be like is there a model for why this would happen yeah i feel like juries out on whether like is that even relevant today yeah. i think like another totally another um you know r related to that is like the maybe in the last five years all the conversation around like um what's it called uh cognitive labor like the gender dynamics of cognitive labor emotional labor yeah and emotional yeah. labor especially in um you know the the gender dynamic of partnerships or the household and um mm -hmm. i like there are there are patterns here i don't know how causal they are like i don't know how much they are related like is that uh or biological like, versus cultural yeah like does it i don't know where it comes from but like sure I, there there are themes of like okay it seems like many women do a lot of thinking about things like a mm -hmm. lot more thinking and think of all of the memes joking about that um yeah i i, I guess i wonder about um i i, I guess like it seems like earlier we were talking about um, in an ideal world, like success would just be perfectly aligned with your own personal priorities. But the reality is that there are all of these other influences that may be accidentally tipping scales beyond your, your, your internal compass and sphere uh, that may make you feel pressured to do something that maybe you were taught that way when you were a kid and your sibling was taught something else just because of their gender. Or maybe it's that mm -hmm. ingrained uh, in your biology that you're, you're wired to think a certain way. I, I don't know. Um, but I, I do, I do think like I had said at the beginning that it's super hard to break whatever, whatever it is, like whatever your yeah. own like success philosophy is, however that was shaped is deeply entrenched and will, you know, likely guide you. I think there's, there's no wonder that you take one of those like strengths finder or something and like competitiveness is a strength you can have. Like it is, there's, that can be a thing that is like deeply ingrained in you and you just have to learn to coexist with it, for example, or, you know, 
you chill and you your whole lifestyle is coasting and if you happen to have that coupled with talent like cool that sounds yeah. nice <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 if you have the competitiveness and no talent like <laughs> that sounds, you're you so know? disappointing you're <laughs> <laughs> yeah um yeah the you know but they're like the flip side right there's like lots of studies about you know the people it's really tough to get into a law firm without a you know a high-end degree from like a great institution Politics but the are like that. people who yeah. are most likely to uh get like the partner titles at the institutions is not like particularly correlated with the institutions that they went to. It's actually more correlated with like, did they have a job when they were 14 years old and Mm -hmm. things like that, right? Where there's like, will can go up a pretty long way. Mm -hmm. Um, And, but the, you know, it's interesting thinking about your, your sort of definition of success. I mean, like an interesting moment where there's like a little experiment happening in my life that I was not thinking about this way, right? Where my wife is out of town uh, on a trip with her, one of her best friends uh, for a week and I'm solo parenting and like, you know, the wheels haven't fallen off, like nothing has gone wrong, but like, our approaches are so, you know, n- not um, like at at odds with each other, but they're like very different, right? Like I'm doing, I'm in that like bare minimum to achieve success <laughs> mode, right? Like she has had lunch every day. She has been like bathed and, you know, like got to school on time, like done all of those things. Yeah. But, you know, my wife normally and how we we sort of distribute the labor. She'll like prep her lunches and, you know, my wife just makes better lunches for her at like, and more variety. It's like her lunches this week have been like grilled cheese twice, mac and cheese twice. And then like a different pasta the other day. And, you know, there was like vegetables in each fruit in each and a snack. Like, so it's still like Nailed getting it. the food pyramid, but like <laughs> I her lunches are better. Thriving. <laughs> yeah. My wife's lunches are better. Or yeah. like one day I just didn't give yeah. her a bath and like it was and it fine, was okay. you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and uh, this is yet again the distinction between success and satisfaction. Like so long as you and your daughter are both satisfied, like that's cool. But like if your wife is willing to put in more effort because she won't be satisfied unless, you know what I mean? And honestly, to be fair, like Emerson probably knows it's not as good. <laughs> like, let's, let's be real. <laughs> I've gotten, I've gotten messages from her, uh, after school voice memos saying like, thank you for my amazing lunch. Dada. So oh my God. I don't this, know. <laughs> this is yet again, an example of men getting, accolades and rewarded for doing the bare minimum and women being expected to do <laughs> so much more <sighs> yeah. it's like oh yeah i, I do think one diaper dad so proud of you parenting I, I, is actually I an interesting rem- test case <laughs> yeah yeah it fully is but also by the way like i'm not the favorite parent 
like I wrote something this week of like, it's an interesting experiment where like everyone in my family knows who the top parent is like, I, and it's not shameful. I am loved. Like I don't have a problem. I know who the favorite is and whatever. Yeah. Um, but this week I'm the only parent. So then all of a sudden I'm the top parent also. And it's like mm-hmm. an interesting experience to suddenly be in that position and feel what that's like. And, and, but I, I would be remiss in not bringing up sort of the potential for cultural dynamics in this thing too. Not, you know, not that it is sort of like, even if it, if it is in some way gendered in our approaches or, 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 or whatever, you know, it it is just as easily a byproduct of sort of like an uh, intersectional perspective on this, right. That Mm -hmm. men have been in like historically the positions of power in society and that people who are, uh, have been in sort of groups that were, um, you know, not in those positions of power, minority groups or, or underrepresented, underserved, whatever, you know, the, whichever way intersectionally you do it have to do more in, in a way that I think we all agree is unjust in order to sort of be able to achieve equivalent success. And so I don't want to lose the potential that it is as simple as that, but some of the stuff around the ways in which boys are currently like failing in schools and uh, you know, both in like primary high school and, you know, college achievement, I think is sort of an interesting demonstration that the, the sort of subjugation of certain groups historically or sort of um, restrictions that were put on those groups are real and we're trying to make cultural changes. But also what you're seeing now is that women are achieving higher levels of college success uh, at a pretty significant degree now, honestly. It's like mm-hmm. getting... It, I, I don't want to be misquoted, and so this could be wrong, or I don't want to misquote, but I think it was like 70% of college graduates now are, are women, like in recent matriculation rates, which I was like, that is, that's a massive difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, does this change over time as women are able to rise into more and more positions of power in society does this thing go away and that that becomes like an ultimate test of of like is this a thing that is outside of uh historical structures of power and is actually something more ingrained in us even if still cultural is just like the way we approach parenting the way we approach teaching and training boys versus girls and and whatever else yeah i mean yet again i'd say like as measured by what like as measured by college graduation it's like maybe that's like it's working (laughs) maybe maybe the hustle (laughs) is good but if that but like that might not be the only metric um it's complicated but it is an interesting question i mean i think the the thing i would say just as we start to wrap this up is like 
I feel like your happiness has to be part of it. <laughs> you know, the, the articles that were, what was that? I didn't watch the show on Netflix, but there was like a lot of stuff being written around like the, what is it like the problem with no idea Liebman or something like that? No idea. I'll look it up. Um, the, there was a show about like middle age and there was a bunch of articles written and someone wrote an article about sort of this like middle class strife, you know, or like upper middle class or even like lower wealthy class strife. And there was a bunch of people were getting upset at this one woman that New York times wrote an article about because she was basically saying, I'm working all the time. I'm doing all of these things. And and I don't have, like, she's not enjoying the things that she's doing in her mm -hmm. life. Um, and it felt like that was sort of a demonstration of this same idea that this original mother in the tweet was sort of talking about of like, she's trying to do so much and is, is succeeding on those things. But, you know, in the way the woman in this article was talking about it is like, she's not giving herself any time to appreciate her success. And so, it feels like you have to like success that you can enjoy feels kind of hollow. Right. Yeah. But doesn't that like, does that change that it is like, what, what is it measured by is like, is success measured by uh, like how, just because you can't enjoy it, does that not mean that you affected certain outcomes? For example, like maybe you just like, helped a lot of people and it sucked but like you did it <laughs> I, you know like I don't know it depends on the thing I think it's a good question there's sort of like a, the moral judgment on it right it's like at what cost but I don't know yeah yeah I don't know <laughs> uh also oh. I think this is maybe easier for me to question maybe being on the other side of things like maybe your bias as someone who's like just trying to make just trying to get by and not uh not um you know you're you sort of acknowledging your um that you can relate to the son story right versus like me being like yeah but what about achieving <laughs> <laughs> it yeah, may, it yeah. makes sense that you would be caring about happiness and I would feel like, but what about winning? <laughs> We're funny. Uh, now I'm trying to find the show. It's like, uh, it, I feel like it was like, is someone okay? I'm just blanking on it. Why don't you, why don't you bring us to our wrap up corner while I see if I can find <laughs> this show? Okay. Success is very complicated, both in how we even define what it is and what ultimately drives us to achieve it. Um, it is almost certainly some complicated combination of a lot of different factors based on how we're wired, how what we're taught, you know, what is valued in society, what people think about us and what we're doing with ourselves and how we're spending our time. But it also is really difficult to do anything different than what you end up 
deciding is that idea of success for yourself. And um, I don't know if we have really reached an answer about what, if, you know, if there is a better way to succeed, for example. But um, I do think that if it feels like a rare exercise to think about what do I care about and is it worth it or am I just feeling other pressures to do things because because um then maybe it's worth the the long haul to try to make some behavioral shifts about that I I certainly am with you if, if you feel that way uh because um because you know who knows you might be able to be one of the the few that can find some happier medium Joey, did you find the show? I found the show. Fleischman is in trouble is the name of the show. I found the article, which we'll put in the show notes, um, that caused the kerfuffle, the dust up, the, you know, scolding, external scolds all pointing at this woman and you know, scolding her either approach or her philosophy or her lack of perspective or whatever. I candidly haven't read the article. I just saw lots of people talking about it. Um, but I, I think your recap is great. Like, maybe it's as simple as just answering the question, what's important? Mm-hmm. And then, like, sorry if you're bad at stuff. Yikes! <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh, funny burnt you burnt <laughs> critical nonsense is a sylvain production brought to you by bare minimum supply co just run <laughs> as always we'd like to thank executive producer and overachiever jess vander Thanks, Joey, underachiever. We'd also like to thank sound engineer and the labor of love. No. <laughs> Alex Contell, thank you so much. We'd like to thank programming coordinator and achiever of hearts, <laughs> Les Jacobs. And thanks to our production crew, the uh, success stories of our lives. Sorry, Gilbert and Norm Estridge. <laughs> As always, thanks, Alain. Thanks, Alain. Special thanks to grades. I feel like that's what you're going to say. No, I've got a complicated relationship with grades. But star charts, definitely. Another star on the chart. Oh, you just like gold stars? Yeah, right. Love them. Love that. Love it. Um, the binary of just like, this was a good thing. This was a not gold star thing. Special thanks to um, my uh, hip hop class teacher in college, uh, Anthony. You said something that has stuck with me forever, uh, which is... That when um, you when someone is doing something great, there is no reason that you shouldn't lavish them with praise. That was like the line is like lavish them with praise um, because 
affirmation is awesome and a very, very powerful thing for people. So next time you're second guessing yourself, uh, lavish people with praise, folks. You never know. They might need it. I love that. I listen to special thanks to Ben Affleck and Matt Damon's friendship, I guess. Because this new air promo is obviously like everywhere for some reason. I well, I heard them on the interview pr- promoing that, which I didn't even know was coming out. I was like, "Why are these two guys here?" Uh, and they were talking about how they sort of just cheered on each other's success. They had a, a shared bank account early, in, like in their like not like youth, like children, like, like adults when they were trying to like break, and they just put money in. And be like, oh, you need to go fly somewhere for like whoever put the money in. We both it's get like, to use it. Take a penny, like, leave a penny, bank account. Wow. That's yeah, like, that's amazing. But they'd be like, I did it. I did this show, and I got thirty-five thousand dollars, and it's in the account. And they were just like, his success didn't mean anything to my success. Like, why couldn't we both be successful? Or you know, when I, he was in a high point and I was in a low point, like. I just was rooting him on, like, you know, that like non-comparative approach to success feels like healthy, even if those, you know, whether or not those two are like the model of it, like I appreciated it. Yeah. And actually that's another thing, like special thanks to um, supporting each other, success or not. Yeah. So many hugs. Mm. Special thanks to you, Jess, for supporting me. Yeah, Hug, hugs virtually. <laughs> that was a less enthusiastic <laughs> hug. <laughs> I was like, what? Anyway. Yeah. Well, cool. See you next week. On the nonsense train. Later on the Minjay. Love you. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>